0: entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. This is Nick Bradley back here again with another interview on scale-up your business. So this week, I'm delighted to have on the show Nate Bailey. Now, I met Nate through a mutual friend, a mutual connection, and uh, we hit it off straight away because we both have a love for kind of extreme things, mainly running, but we also love the concept of discipline mindset and particularly how that relates to leadership, not just leadership in terms of running a business and scaling a business and and those things that I talk about a lot, but also in terms of your own self-leadership and self-mastery. So Nate, um, he is self-described as a natural leader himself. He's a speaker. He knows how to impact and how to reach an audience. He is the best-selling author of three books. He's an entrepreneur. He's built multiple successful businesses in the areas of insurance and real estate. And he has recently fulfilled his lifelong dream of selling his insurance agency to follow his kind of passion, if you like, for being a full-time coach. He has an amazing podcast, um, which is all around sort of championship leadership and all that sort of stuff. We'll talk about that. Uh, and as I said, he's got a really great perspective just in terms of his own mindset and some of the challenges that he has put himself through. So I think what you're going to get today is you're going to learn a lot of things about business scale-up, exit all those sort of things, but really, this is you know two guys having a good conversation about the importance of mindset in business, the importance of mindset and leadership, and it's one of my favorite topics. And I personally don't think that you can hear enough about this because it's the nuances, it's the detail that sits around these concepts that can make the biggest difference to what you are trying to achieve. Alrighty, so before we bring Nate on to the show, just a quick announcement. So after many, many requests, I am now offering some programs on buying businesses for a living. And um, I've been doing acquisitions for years in my private equity days. In fact, I say these days I focus on buying, scaling and selling businesses. That's where most of my energy lies and helping entrepreneurs and investors uh, build empires. That's the big thing. So a lot of people have said, well, how do you do that? How do you start this process? How do you become an entrepreneurship via business acquisitions versus starting a business? So we've created a program all about that. Um, It is going to be uh, five weeks live online to start with, and then it will become an online program. But we are going to start the first cohort of this at the end of March, and the program is called the Empire Creation Accelerator. So just announcing that, if you are keen, we have a few places left, but we'll be closing down, that down very soon. So if you're interested, just get in touch with me. You can send me a quick email if you're interested. It's nick@fielding.global or certainly find me on Instagram or LinkedIn and just let me know if that's something that you want to move into as part of your own entrepreneurial journey. Okay, so that's it for today. Welcome to Scale Up Your Business, Nate Bailey. Hi everybody, Nick Bradley here. Welcome to another episode of Scale Up Your Business. We are going to have some fun today. I am delighted to have with me Nate Bailey. Now, Nate Bailey is an extreme performance coach, and we're going to unpack what extreme means through a conversation for the next 45 minutes or so. He's also a kindred to my heart in terms of running extreme ultra marathons. Um, I talk about my ultra marathon running quite a lot on the show, Nate. So I'm sure we'll get into that and. The impact that things like that can have on your life and your business, and all those other bits and pieces as well. So, Nate, welcome to scale up your business today.
1: Hey, thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's, it's it's exciting to be here.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Listen, I you know it's funny. I was reading through um, your website before the um, the call, and it's quite interesting to sort of see the various twists and turns that people have in their life, and then how they end up in in places like you and I have. There are some parallels between kind of what we've been through, certain epiphanies, but. I'd like to kick off today, if I can, by just just telling you stories. So I get let's uh, have our listeners kind of get to learn more about you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, what I do today as an extreme performance coach, I do a lot of leadership training, work with entrepreneurs and business owners to help them, essentially, you know, live the life that they 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 want to live, live live to their fullest. Right? We we always want to. We're on this mission, or, or, or the people that I work with often are on this mission to maximize their capabilities, right? The, to, to get everything, squeeze everything that they can out of their life, not just in business, but in all areas. And, you know, as, as I find myself today, often we look back and I, and I look back and I, I, I've, I've seen this pattern of myself gravitating towards leadership positions as a captain of my high school, you know, athletic teams playing college football was an officer in the United States Army, uh, multiple different businesses as an entrepreneur, um, and as a coach and a teacher, have a teaching degree, uh, coached college and high school athletics. So I've always seen myself gravitating towards leadership positions, always wanting to impact and lead and guide others. And, um, you know, now I can look back and see that all of these experiences that I've had have definitely prepared me for what it is that I do today, which is get to work with entrepreneurs and, and help them live the life that they really want. Um, but, you know, along that path, before I got there, really, I, how I found myself as a coach is, I was in a place where I wasn't happy, I wasn't maximizing uh, to life to its fullest potential. And I knew there was so much more that I was leaving in the tank, I just didn't really know how to Access it. I didn't, I didn't know I was doing the best that I could with what it, it was that I knew. And so that led me to the coaching world didn't really know it existed invested in myself, hired some mentors, coaches and leaders that that really helped to get me on the path that I am today. And, and then that, you know, again, always wanting to lead to coach to teach run run businesses, run my own show, um, Realized that, hey, I could go and do this for a living and, and really you know, lead a fulfilling life. So that's kind of how I've gotten to where I am today.
0: What was the, what was the turning point, Nate? So, you know, there's a, there's a piece there where you've done quite a lot of different stuff. And obviously I was reading beforehand about um, your stint in the, um, in the forces. At what point did you realize that kind of your mission, if you like, was to to help leaders, you know, move into this area that we just discussed, you know, move into being more of themselves.
1: Um, yeah, The moment that I, that, it would really go back to about five, five and a half years ago when I started on this journey of myself. You know, I talk a lot about, I have a podcast called Championship Leadership. So I'll talk to all kinds of people from all walks of life. And, you know, first and foremost, we have to lead ourselves before we can go and lead somebody else, right? Because if you're not living and leading the life that somebody else is, is desiring that, that you're promising that you can help them to get to, um, they'll sniff that out. And it's really kind of out of integrity in my in my opinion. So um, I knew first and foremost that I needed to lead myself. And, and so I start in the coaching path. I, I'm hiring coaches, I'm learning, I'm consuming, I'm living it, I'm implementing. And then I'm realizing that, hey, this would be awesome. This would be amazing to be able to go and do this for other people. But really, maybe one of the major turning points for me was what led, you know, we talked a little bit about ultra uh, extreme performance, it's extreme endurance, ultra marathons. Really, that's when it really clicked for me when I did go all in on myself. I led myself to the to the fullest for the first time in a long time, preparing for an event called Seal Fit Coral which was a 52 hour straight through event led by a retired and active duty United States Navy SEALs, giving us just a little oh, bit of a taste. Is that
0: a guy, is uh, it Mark Devine? Mark it- Devine. Yeah. Yeah, So I listened to his podcast, actually. I've just started listening to his podcast. Yeah, Uh, incredible guy.
1: And, uh, you know... Take
0: us through that event. I mean, what actually is that event?
1: Yeah, so Mark Devine, he was a 20-plus year Navy Mm -hmm. SEAL commander. And he got out, and he's a performance coach. But he wanted to help other Navy SEALs or other aspiring Navy SEALs to get through Hell Week because... They go through this thing called Hell Week as a part of Bud's training. And yeah. there's a massive amount of people that just don't cut it. They don't make it through this training because it's so intense, and they're and that's the point. They're trying to weed out, they want the best of the best, and they're weeding out the ones that just aren't a fit. And so he created Kokoro at first to help prepare these aspiring seals to get through Hell Week to prepare them mentally not just physically, but mentally on uh, what it would take to require to not quit, to continue to persevere and, and make it through this. So he created this two day event and he brought in uh, other Navy SEAL friends of his that either are retired or still in service. And it's, it's, you know, ours was 52 hours straight through. It was 28 people showed up. Nine of us finished no sleep. You know, we did, you name it, we did it. We did, man makers and bodybuilders and they had us in and out of the water and getting muddy and sandy and carrying sandbags up a mountain and then back down, you know, they had us carrying the, the negacy of logs that are about 300 pounds a piece and, and carrying those for like hours straight. And, you know, if you drop it, like, (laughs) I don't even want to know what would happen if you dropped it. They just told us don't drop it. And so I, I didn't drop it. Right. Um, you know, they took us to the ocean that night and put us in the ocean waves crashing down on us. Um, you know, go run a mile, come back, go do it again, go to up to the mountain, Palomar mountain, carrying people down the mountain on stretchers, like whatever it was that they could think of, um, to put us through a lot of stress and pressure physically and mentally to see who would make it through. Uh, that's, that's essentially what we did for 52 hours straight. And, uh, I want to
0: do it now. You've, you've sold me. I'm gonna have to give Mark. It's amazing. Yeah. I'd love. It. It's my sort of thing. What was the? Um, I, I want to talk about the connection between, let's call it extreme challenges, um, or or things that most people would not consider, um, for whatever reason, and and what you get from that, the gift that you get from putting yourself through those. Because a lot of things, a lot of people listening to this, you know, they might be entrepreneurs, they might be going through challenges right now. They don't quite see the connection about what we're talking about here. But, but what was it for you personally that, that, that you've learned by going through these events and running, you know, lots of ultramarathons, hundred mile races, What what's it given you?
1: Yeah, you're right. A lot of people don't get it right. And, um,
0: <laughs> We have to contextualize, otherwise they're thinking we're too crazy. Yeah, crazy absolutely. To, you know, so it, they don't they get it
1: or, now. or they look at it and they're like, how are you saying that that actually helped you in all the other areas of your life? Yeah. Like, exactly how, like, you know, the comment would be "Oh, so you, you put, you know, hours and hours of training uh, to run these races and ignore your family. Right. And uh, I mean, that's one way you could do it, but that's not a, that is not how I, I, I go about it. And then there's, you know, how do you define extreme? Some people extreme as a 5k, right? It depends on where you're at and where you're coming from. I coach a lot of clients that just did one gal just, recently just did a 5k and it's the biggest accomplishment like she's on cloud nine it's like finishing a hundred miler for her that's extreme it's starting from where she's at but uh for me again yeah picora was that event and then and then after that it's man I, I wonder if i could do 100 miles you know read about i've read about it years ago the thought of it blew my mind at the time and then of course david goggins is kind of big around here and in his story he's an ex navy Seal. And he, He does all these crazy ultra marathon, uh, runs and races. And, um, and so I was like, I want to see if I can do this, but again, it was, I'm not going to do this at the expense of my business. I'm not going to do it at, at the expense of my family. How can I do what's required to train and prepare to be successful, but yet still, um, produce at a high level in all of the other areas of my life. And so it forced me to be committed and disciplined. It, it, it forced me to really be intentional and detailed in my day. And so when I did that and, and, and drove myself physically, I started to get healthier, more energy, more focus, more drive, which also allows me to have more energy, focus and drive and to be present with my family and my kids when I'm with them. And also in my business to fulfill uh, as, as a coach with my clients and to help them inside of their life. And so it really just drove my life to a whole nother level because I wasn't going to do it at the expense of anything else, right? It's it running hundred miles isn't worth it if I end up in divorce or I don't show up as a as a great father. It's just it's not like I'm not going to do that. So how can I make it work? Use the time that I have. Be detailed and super intentional in my life to get to to make sure that everything happens and happens at a high level. So um, those are some of the biggest things that I, I mean. So many lessons, right? You know, Nick. I mean. Being present, persevering. I didn't, I ran 100 miles on my third attempt, which means I failed my first two. So I, mean, I learned, I persevered, I kept going through. I wanted to be a person of my word. I wanted to follow through. I wanted to do this. I learned so much, so many experiences, so many places that you get to see that I wouldn't see if I didn't go run these races, like being in the middle of Utah, in the middle of Cleveland, but it feels like I'm in in a jungle somewhere. Um, you know, I've, I've run all over the country, uh, earlier in January in the, in the hill country of Texas, like in the, literally in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but you meet so many interesting people. You get to see so many, uh, incredible places that I wouldn't see otherwise. And so, I mean, really, the lessons and the takeaways from being, in, uh, from putting yourself in those environments, um, you know, it goes on and on.
0: Yeah. I, and, and I, I think it's, I, I've spoken about it, um, when I've been doing my sort of individual podcasts, and I've referenced people like Goggins and, and that sort of thing because it's it's become it's become more of a a way of living or choices that you make, which then underpin different things that kind of land. And I, and I say I have a saying which is be grateful, be brave, have faith, show up. Yeah. And the showing up is actually you know, they're all important, right? But yeah, absolutely. How you show up, you know, um, in anything dictates what you do with everything, right? And so what you said there is a couple of things just to say like discipline. You know, um, I think it was Jocko Willink just released a book today, actually, which is called Discipline Equals Freedom. Yeah. And, and I think that's true. I, you know, Absolutely. I think I, I find that the more structure I have in my life, um, people think it's going to create more um, imprisonment or lack of freedom. Mm-hmm. But actually, what it does is it allows me to put the focus behind the things I really care about. Yeah. Um, question for you, though. What came first? So you said at the very beginning of our conversation today that you got some coaches yourself and you worked on your mindset. Did you did you have that sort of intervention before you started getting more into this this disciplined way of living, or have you always been like that? And and the coaching, if you like, just you know created more clarity.
1: Well, I mean, I I think I've gone through spurts of it right um, in in my life. Meaning, you know, I was a very driven athlete in high school and college. And then I went into the military and the military has given me so much uh, in the form of discipline and, and uh, you know, living at a certain standard. But then, you know, coming home from deployment, uh, I didn't handle that transition very well. And so there's a good seven, eight year period where things really went downhill and, and. Uh, I lost my way. Right. I thought I was a lot better than I was, you know, for instance, like I, I gained a fair amount of weight, but I still saw myself as this college football athlete in the best shape of his life and, and, until someone points out to you that like, bro, you're not even close to that. Right. You see a photo and you're like, whoa, that's me. And so um, so there was a time where I definitely let myself go from the outside looking in. It might've looked like had it all together and was 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 successful. But I was clearly in a place where, you know, it's close to divorce. So it wasn't showing up how I wanted to for my kids. I had multiple businesses, not doing any of them real great, just really scattered. I wasn't taking care of myself uh, from a health and fitness standpoint. And so I just felt really broken. And that's when I, you know, I, I decided, that, like, I got to go find somebody that's living the life that I want because I don't know what to do right now. I didn't know how to get myself out of it. So from a mindset standpoint, I think I've always had it. But I've I've definitely continued to strengthen it and forge it and 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 make it stronger um, through this process and through putting myself through all these different physical extreme endurance uh,
0: got it events. And who was the first? Who was the first person that, that you get unstuck? Let's say that because obviously, I, I mean, I'd like to understand why you got that way. But I mean, I've been there too. Like, there's a piece where things kind of working, and then all of a sudden they're not, and you kind of get. I mean, I personally find that really frustrating. Cause you think actually, you know, where did that come from? But, but probably in hindsight, it was always coming. I just, you know, you, 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 stop doing the things you should be doing. You know, you just kind of give yourself a little bit more of a relaxed state, but who was the, who was the first person you went to? Who was the first person you kind of connected with and said, actually I need to learn from this person.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, his name is Gary J. White. He's got a program called warrior wake up warrior. I think it's more known as warrior. Now uh, it was a, uh, primarily a coaching business for um, entrepreneurial married businessmen. And, and uh, I wasn't searching for it. I actually came across one of his ads on Facebook. This is back in 2015. And uh, he's a master marketer, obviously, because of what he's built and, and the following that he has. And it caught me at the right time, at the right place, sucked me in, felt like he was talking to me. I was like, all right, I don't even know what this is, but I I, I just felt like I needed it, right? (laughs) Like this was, I didn't even know it was really, I was really looking for it, right? It just came across at the right time at the right place. And it was a significant investment, like very significant investment for me, especially at that time. And it would be for anyone, you know, even today. And, uh, but I think that was the part of what really got me to get the results because it was such a big price that I was paying financially. I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going all in and I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to do what this guy tells me to do. He had a system and a process and I went all in, I implemented that into my life. And that's really what helped kick kickstart me to where I am today. And so I've, uh, I'm very thankful for him, um, you know, listening to the calling that he felt that he had to build what he did that that ended up helping me
0: no i've seen his stuff before actually and there's there's a few people who um have been following recently the um 75 hard challenge have you you seen that
1: yeah andy Priscilla.
0: andy Priscilla. yeah there's a guy i um um, i know really well who i've done some business dealings with beforehand who recently did it um before his 50th birthday a guy called carl allen yeah and he he's literally he looks a different man yeah He's half the man he was, but he looks amazing. And uh, he said to me, he said, it wasn't really about what he did. I mean, obviously, it's the discipline of, of that program, which yeah. is pretty ridiculous, but it's the mindset shift that he's got from doing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's that's really what it – I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit what Warrior is, but if you really look at it from an outside perspective, you know, there, is, there isn't really – Uh, any new content out there, it's oftentimes packaged and repurposed uh, and and communicated in different ways to make it look like something different. But at the heart of what he teaches and at the heart of what it was, it was just this, this, uh, you know, the basics and fundamentals that many people live by. And he was committed to it, of course. And um, he had a ton of conviction behind it. And he pushed you to actually live it and put it in place into your life very similar to what yeah the 75 heart program is for any of those people that that go all in and they do you know the they do the two workouts one outside they drink the tank the the, the gallon of water they read the 10 pages they take the photo and they stick to the diet if you do those basic things none of those things are mind-blowing like anyone could have thought of those things if they do those things for 75 uh days in a row like you said yeah the i i know a ton of people that have done it and and the the progress that they've made, the transformation that they made is incredible. And then it's, you know, can you, can you continue that? And that's a big thing. And I've seen a lot of people post 75 hard that, that go back quickly to where they are. So I just hope that, you know, they can, they can take, like you said, that mindset shift, which is probably the biggest thing and maintain that moving forward to, to continue with the progress that they made.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like, um, it's like what people say that, you know, things can be simple, but not easy. Yeah. You know, we know what we should do. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, it's just as easy to not do it. So therefore we don't. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I get it. And who who was, so if that was the sort of starting point to kind of, and I can see from what Garrett does, I can see why that would be a kind of set you on fire mm-hmm. type of situation. Yeah. It really does
1: like, wake you up just like he said, like it was called wake up warrior. I mean, it, it, yeah, it
0: was, well, it's intensity, isn't it? Yeah. What was that the most, I mean, obviously that was a while back now, was that the most defining thing or did you, was it afterwards, well, that might've got you going again, you know, got you ignited, but was there some, was there something else that made a bigger impact that was a little bit more sustainable?
1: Yeah. I It woke me up. It got me on the right track. And, and then I would say Kokoro was kind of that, that big moment for me. It really wasn't, you know, our, let's call it 51 where i was like i knew i'd done it right i i had to do i lost 45 pounds you know the standards are not like there's standards that you have to hit otherwise they send you home within the first 12 hours and there was a lot of people that got sent home because they weren't prepared physically to pass the standards if you don't pass the standards there's a pt test and then you got to do uh the crossfit merf workout if you've ever heard of that which is a pretty challenging workout that we do about hour 10 of of seal fit kakoro and so you have to pass one of those two or both and then you get to you earn the right to continue if you fail both of those um you you get sent home a number of people did and so i went through a big transformation i did the work i committed to it and i did everything necessary and required uh, to be to set myself up to be successful and that i was out of warrior at the time i even had a message from a few people of like they couldn't believe that I did it because they knew who I was before I lost all the weight while I was still in warrior. And they're like, man, I, I would love to talk to you like to see like you did this and you did it without warrior. And I'm like, it was such a weird thing to, for someone to say, but at the same time I get it. Right. Like, because when you're in warrior Garrett is so Garrett is uh, so polarizing that he really does have you feeling like you can't go out and do it without warrior. Right. And so I, warrior set me up, uh, for the success to then go and do this out on my own, uh, and to be successful, to, to be only one of nine people out of 28 that showed up to finish, uh, was a big boost for me. And so I knew when I did that, that I, I would continue to have something extremely difficult and challenging to, uh, like hundred mile runs, ultra endurance, uh, races, uh, to train for, because if I don't have that goal, I've, I've figured out, right. That I can easily slide back and fall back to who I was before. And so by continue, I have a hundred mile race at the end of the, this, uh, at the end of November here in Iowa coming up. And it's, again, if I don't have that, it's, it's very easy for me to s- slide back. So I always love to have something big, like a coral, hundred mile race, 50, 50 mile or 50 K, whatever it might be, um, to continue to keep pushing me and driving me to, to, um, progress down the track
0: okay got it excellent well thank you for sharing that we'll go back into it a little bit a little bit later as well i think um i want to talk now about extreme performance because you made the point beforehand that extreme is to some extent subjective so extreme to you and i might be a hundred mile race but it could be something else but if you're if you're looking at extreme performance coaching is that then dictated by the extreme of the clients, or the tie, or are you kind of quite clear? That it's people who are trying to do very, very challenging things that we would all consider challenging.
1: Yeah, sometimes I'll I'll I'll, you know, I'll just ask my clients, or if we're in a group setting and we're, we're we're doing a talk and a training, is like you know what are some other words that you could replace extreme with, right? Like great, <laughs> champion, um, you know, just to, to because a lot of times. When you fixate on the extreme for many, it's hard for them to see anything but a hundred miles or, you know, just the far ex- extreme, no matter what area of life you're in. so um, I'm always, always emphasize the fact that extreme, you get to define what extreme is for you. And it's always based on where are you currently at and what's your current reality? What's your baseline right now? Like, if it's in the physical, it's an easy one. You you can you could do a few tests. You could go run a mile and see where you're at, like, how how, fat, how long it takes you to do that. You could do push-ups and sit-ups. You could, you could test so many different um, uh, areas inside of physical uh, – you know, you can step on a scale, see how much you weigh. You can get your body fat done. You can find out where am I currently at, and then that's going to help you to realistically set something that will um, – an outcome a goal a race an event that will that will push you based on where you're at so extreme for me extreme for david goggins is is way past my reality currently right you <laughs> know i can ever. run a hundred miles 240 miles like, i'm, mile not, race I'm not at his level yet yeah um, <laughs> but it doesn't mean i can't be it doesn't mean i won't ever be um so yeah extreme for me is always different and and, and that goes true in all areas of life so I'm always pushing my clients to to push themselves to grow, to evolve, to get a little bit better, to not not set off, you know, to to set goals that are going to stretch them, set outcomes that are going to stretch them so that they can continue to stay on a path and not get complacent and comfortable.
0: And what sort of people normally um, look you up um, in terms of the characteristics? I imagine and correct me if I'm wrong, that they're probably stuck. They're probably similar to where you were, actually. Um, but they're 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 expecting that you're going to be able to help give them clarity and also accountability and help them really drive towards something in that way. Is that correct, or is it is, is it really mixed?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's there's def, there is a definite definite uh, number of people that are that kind of in that stuck place. I've been making a little bit of a shift and a move lately, more to you know uh, working more with people that are good and 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 you can be stuck in a good place, right? And it feel it doesn't feel good, right? You're like, oh man, I can, I know I can do so much more. And they do, they settle, they get comfortable. I know a lot of them, they're high producers in business, but it's just it's it doesn't do it doesn't do for them what they thought it would, right? You you talked about that a little bit too, I think, right before we started recording. And um, yeah, so I want to take I want to take leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, from good to great to good to excellent and show them how they can do that and be a high performer not just in one area but but all areas of life. I mean I think we all realize that you know you you, you see the story of the high performing workaholic that they gets it later on in life and and their biggest regrets are man I didn't spend the time with my kids all the lost opportunities and the regret that they have because they just focused on the one thing that they thought would no, bring them exactly. happiness that doesn't.
0: Yeah. And, and good to great. I mean, we use that term in, in, in one of my businesses, particularly working with, cause we say, it's not to say that a, a business um, or a leader, let's say that's lost their way or is broken or whatever you want to define that is, is necessarily um, uh, not, not a compelling place to help, but I, I like personally where someone is already trying to achieve something quite extraordinary and, you know they they hit that point which we all do in various parts of our life where things just are not working the way we expect them to or we've had a great deal of success in whatever shape that is and then all of a sudden that success has petered off a bit or plateaued and quite often i find i'm sure you probably resonate with this is that 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 is actually just normal because you know I I often say the journey of entrepreneurship is a roller coaster if it was always going at the very top and then going down the steep descent or whatever else the exciting part then you wouldn't be able to survive your emotional state wouldn't be able to survive that so you have to appreciate those moments where it slows down a bit
1: yeah definitely definitely and you know I mean I look to I don't know if you do you know who Tom Brady is
0: I do, yeah. I've got his book next to me, actually. Um, oh, one of his fitness books. I haven't, I haven't. You know, it's funny. I only just ordered it about two weeks ago, and I haven't quite got to it yet. Yeah, but it's the TV the, Twelve book. Yeah, I, I, I liked. I mean, yeah. I like the philosophy of of not just you know doing CrossFit all the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I just
1: I, I look to him. I'm not, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm definitely into the NFL and football. I'm a big Packer fan. Grew up in Wisconsin, but I, I can love and appreciate everything that Tom Brady is and the success he's had because if there's anyone that doesn't need a coach, if there's anyone that could probably not have to work on his mechanics and his fundamentals year after year, especially what 20 some years in he's 43, 44 years old, one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback ever to play in the NFL. And uh, yet every year, every off season, every, every, he's, he's got the personal trainer in that, you know, along with that book program that you're talking about, he's constantly working on himself so that he can have longevity and, and health and, and perform at the highest level and win championships. He's breaking down his throwing mechanics every year with a coach. Like, I mean, it's crazy in a way to me, but it's not because of who he is. You know how many other NFL quarterbacks are out there really working with a coach to break down his throwing mechanics when he's already the best in the world, and uh, it's just it's it's.
0: I mean, you know. I I mean, I follow um, American football too, and there's probably quite a few listeners here who are now going to go, oh "My God, here they go again," <laughs> uh, but I I think it's a good example of you know if people don't know who tom brady is certainly one of the probably the best af- athletes of the last century you know in yeah. in this chosen sport and but but it's interesting just to unpack this a little bit because i think the parallels between athletes and and high performance business leaders are very similar right you yeah. know and sometimes i often say that you know if an athlete you know the best in the game uh, has a coach and multiple coaches why would not you know a high performance business leader not have the same yeah. right you know yeah. it, it doesn't make logical sense but if we take someone like tom brady what do you think it is about him that 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 defines that you know and so what, what's what's his mental state like is it that he's constantly he, he, there's always another inch that he can improve he's open to to different feedback and coaching he's he's got high humility what do you think those characteristics are
1: Well, I think it's, I think it's all of those. I think it's just super competitive and he's just, he wants to win at all costs. Like you see a lot of quarterbacks or especially quarterbacks that win one championship and they never get close ever again. And it's a, it's a big accomplishment to just win once Tom Brady has been to the Super bowl nine times. I mean, it's unheard of. He's won six of them. And yet he's like, he still has this drive and this fire To get back and get another one, right? Like he doesn't want. Many, many might have the 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 goal to like, man, we just want to make the playoffs this year. No, he's like, we got to win a championship or the season is a bust. And so he's, yeah, he's always looking for that edge. He knows that he can always get a little bit better. Like to be the greatest in the world, and to have some of the humility. I think like you said, to be like, I'm. He's leaving. I left something on the table there, right? He's break. He's probably his biggest critic. He's going back to learn from what, every single game that he's ever played and what he could have done differently uh, how he could have recognized the de- defense a little bit better how or the the situation or um, the read that he missed or the you know the throw that was an inch off right when you get to that level it really is you know 1 inch makes makes a world of difference and so he just knows that he's humble enough to know that yeah i, I need other people around me that I have different perspectives that are gonna think differently than me, right? Some, a lot of insecure leaders, they don't wanna surround themselves by others that, that might see things differently because they wanna feel like they're the ones that have it all figured out. Tom's like, no, like, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Show me what my weaknesses are. Help me see the things that I can't see in my blind spots. Help me to any little tweak or edge that I can get from year to year to to keep me at the at performing at the highest level. That's why he continues to win.
0: Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's nice just to talk about an example, which people can kind of look up if they want to, but um you know, the characteristics there are the same characteristics of high performance, really, when you think yeah, about it. Absolutely. Let's, um, let's talk about your podcast. Cause um I want to, I want to just get a bit of a sense of the learnings you've had since you've, you've been doing that. So it's called championship leadership. Um, what, without necessarily going through who's been on there and all those sort of things, what, what are some of the, the gifts that you've received from since you've had that? Cause you must be having some amazing conversations about this, this topic that we're actually touching on now.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Some incredible conversations that, you know, I feel like I probably benefit from my podcast more than anybody else, but uh, just cause I get to have the uh, the conversations and, and create the connections and ask, ask the different questions. Um, and Yeah, it's just it's it's fun to learn to see who they've learned from, who has impacted them and how that shows up in their life today. It's awesome. I always ask, you know, what are some critical moments or some defining moments in your life and and how did you navigate those? Because I think it's so important because we all have those moments in our life, you know, regularly. To, to see how we can navigate through those ourselves when we we're faced with those. So it's always awesome to hear from other leaders and entrepreneurs and you know how when you were faced with this situation, how did you react? How did, how did you decide and in, in move inside of that moment? Um, you know, to talk about vision and having the courage to, to, uh, to, to do to take the path that others, I think is crazy, right? And you talk about, again, I I go back to football, so uh, uh, American football, Uh, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, the best of the best of the best when it comes to coaches continuing at the highest level to win championships year after year. And they're obviously staying ahead of the game uh, against their competitors that are also the best in the world. Like they continue to be able to see things that others can't, and they have the courage to take action on those. And so it's all of these insights that I that I get from all of the different um, guests that I have. You know, everybody defines championship leadership uh, differently. So I always ask that question in the beginning, like, "What is championship leadership to you?" And it's so fun to hear the, the over 200 different answers that I've gotten so far out of the, the 200 plus <laughs> episodes. I'm like, how many how many ways can we slice championship leadership? But it's obvious that that uh, it's it's a lot of different ways. And so it's just fun to hear all the different perspectives from everybody uh, based on the experiences that they've had. Yeah, I
0: was going to say it's going to be based on everyone's experiences and then what their, up, their upbringing has been and kind of what they've gone through is going to define that to some extent because you're going to have different elements. But what are the um, – if, if you can think of the characteristics uh, or, or the key themes – that have come out of those conversations? Cause I was asked this the other day with my podcast about, you know, what are the key traits of really successful entrepreneurs? And, and I thought about that question. There was about six things that just came to me really quickly. Cause I thought, you know, I've been having now 120 odd conversations, but what are, what are the themes? You know, when you think about all these great conversations around, particularly around, you know, performance and leadership that, that you've taken from, from your podcast.
1: Yeah, this is, that's a great question. Cause actually I'm getting ready to, uh, I get a keynote on championship leadership. So I'm I'm, I'm in the process of, of choosing those right now. Um, number one, definitely lead yourself before you lead others, which another way I like to say that is you really, as a championship leader, you have to be the standard, right? Not just the minimum standard. Like you live you live what you teach and you lead by example. A hundred percent, you know, Jacko willings, right? He's got extreme ownership, Uh 100% ownership and responsibility, uh, deflecting the praise and the acknowledgements in, in the high moments when the team wins, and you know, uh, pushing that out to the people that have helped you and the organization or the team get to where you are, and you know, having 100% accountability when things don't go right, even if it's you know something that was completely out of your control. You as a leader, um, by default. Are 100% responsible and accountable, and so I think that's a big piece. It's 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 the ability to get others to perform at a higher level than they would on their own. Right? Championship leaders are just able to to pull a little bit more out of people than than typically they are able to pull out of themselves. And then another one, probably again going back to the vision, um, having an incredible vision, being able to see things that other people aren't willing to. Are able to see, and and having again that courage to take action on that, Uh, because it's one thing to have the vision; it's another thing to actually go out and execute. And then the last thing would be, you know, I've always been from my time in the army to as a coach, is you have to know your people and. At a, at, on a personal level, like this is just who I am. I know some people like to draw the line and, and keep, keep things professional and personal separated, but I really want to get to know my people. I want to show them that I truly do care, that I'm genuine, that um, I wanna, I don't want to be, if, if they're not on the front lines, I'm not sitting in the office in the AC, right? I think you, you gain a lot of respect and in turn, people are willing to go above and beyond for you in the times that matter most when they know that they got a leader that really does care about them and, and, and knows them and 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 that isn't just driven by the wins or losses, but really, you know, about the people. So those are those are my big, That's big lovely. ones. You're, you're
0: very well are prepared for your keynote now, I think. So I'm glad I asked that. Question. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, I appreciate that. No, <laughs> I, I sometimes, because uh, I've thought about this quite a lot as well and there's different dynamics, um, but the two things that always pop into my head what you have really uh, effective empowering leaders is they have both competency, as in you know they they have the skills and they believe in their ability to get the mm-hmm. job done, whatever that job is. Yeah, uh, and they have empathy. They have the ability to relate, um, and and that ability to to understand where people are at, to then be able to bring them on that journey. Um, there's probably more nuances beneath those points, but I always think of it like that. And I think when I've been most effective, it's when those two things are are working for me. Yeah, you know, one last thing
1: to, to to really to add to that is there are a ton of different ways to lead, right? And there's, you know, Belichick is a very different personality than Nick Saban to to Urban Meyer, right? I mean, so um, great leader is just a big piece of that is also to be yourself, right? Like just, you know. Because people, they can they can read. They know whether you're being. I guess that goes back to being genuine as well. But but just be you and and lead the best that you know how to lead that fits you and your personality for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. Cool. All right. Well, listen, um, a couple more questions. Um, so, what's what's next for Nate Bailey? So, on a uh, personal level, professional level, extreme endurance sport level. <laughs> you talked yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah. Where, where, where are you moving to? What's what's your journey?
1: Yeah. On the extreme performance piece first, like, you know, because of COVID a lot of races have been canceled. Like we were supposed to, I was supposed yeah. to be doing a 50 mile rock with a weighted pack in, uh in a few weeks and that got canceled. So now I found this hundred mile run um, in Iowa. So I got that coming up for me. Um, as far as the business goes, it's continuing to build out. I have a three hour event, or a three day event coming up in Iowa this week, uh, at least the leader within so working with, uh, eight different entrepreneurs from all across the country. And then I also have a, a 24-hour event. It's a little bit more the Kokoro style and uh, been building that out. So really it's just um, impacting as many entrepreneurs and business owners as I can through those two different events over the next year. Hopefully we'll get some, we'll get back to a little bit of a normalcy here uh, heading into 21, uh, 2021, hopefully
0: hopefully um, yes yeah. so that's unleashed the leader within the 24 hour intensive i'm just having a look at your website as you're saying yeah. okay interesting the problem the problem a little bit with um, all of us people living outside of the us is uh, we're in double lockdown now i heard so, that <laughs> our ability to jump on a plane is compromised yeah. likewise i'm hoping that that's i was i was in the us probably once every couple of weeks yeah. last year uh, so i'm hoping that uh, that starts to happen again i
1: know i fingers crossed right um and then yeah f- f- uh, personally just you know married three kids and really trying to show up the best I can take advantage of the time I mean I was just thinking about this today my daughter is in seventh grade she's 12 about to be 13 but I mean she's got five more years in the house and she's gone you know I mean yeah she's just to be a part of our life but man it goes so fast and so it's just really I'm really cognizant of the time right now and just uh, being as present as I can and just really uh, spending as much quality time as I can with my kids and with my family uh, as well, every single day, just to, because I, I I have this awareness right now of, you know, man, it's going to be, it's going to be over before we know it. So.
0: How old are you now, Nate? I'm 44. So I'm 46 and I have, do you know what? There are lots of different parallels between this conversation, which I thought there would be, Yeah. but that's the, what you just described in the last minute then is probably the thing that, I don't know what to say. I know it's hard to describe the emotion. Yeah. It's, I think it's sometimes described as bittersweet. Yes. Yeah. It's the fact totally that you're good. seeing this amazing human, you know, yep. develop. My, my daughter is uh, about to be nine. I've got another daughter who's six. But I'm conscious that, you know, the, the nine year old in particular, I'm just seeing the changes. And yes, yeah. you're a older, yeah. but same thing. It's hard. It's really difficult. It is. <laughs> it is. It's more challenging you than enjoy any older. them time, right like, now right? where they are.
1: But then you're also like almost fast forwarding to like, man it's not gonna be very long and you're gonna you know my youngest is seven and i'm like i remember when my 12 year old was seven and like what happened you know and it's just like
0: i know i know that that being present i think i think with 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 all the people i work with in 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 both a business and a life context um as a mentor really it's 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 making them understand the value of time yeah And not just you know for wealth creation or whatever they're doing the fact that actually you've got to you've got to enjoy the journey because if you're looking too far ahead or too far back you are going to miss so much of what's around you that's it's a hard concept for people to get because we live in this connected world of of things which are there to distract us all the time Mm -hmm. Um, but the more that you can do that i mean i i'm at this stage as much as we are connecting via some form of media and we're promoting areas of social media through podcasts and whatever else Uh, I try to um, uh, limit myself as much as I can. um, I suppose entertainment wise, just because I need to make sure that I'm connecting in the right ways.
1: Yeah. I'm definitely guilty of it. You know, from time to time I'll get sucked in. I find myself on my phone and my kids are like right in front of me. Right. Like I'm definitely guilty of falling into that trap, but, but uh, I, I, you know, sometimes the, they help make you aware and other times you just uh, more and more aware of like, hey, I'm gonna put the phone down and everything else and just be with the people in front of you that matter the most to you. Because you just, again, going back to Kokoro, one thing I didn't share was one of the nine of us that finished like seconds later, he, he died. Oh. And um, it was crazy.
0: You mean been- after, not during the event? He, right after
1: we finished, literally after right after they said, "All right, hey, class 45, you're secured." Seconds later, he he fell to the ground, and and ultimately he he passed away right in front of us. Um, he was 31, best shape of his life. Like he like these types of events were his thing, and um, you know, it was his wedding anniversary. He had a, had a, 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 a two kids, three and one. And so that was a big moment for me for many reasons. And the lesson and the gift that I'm taking from, unfortunately, that tragic experience was to, to be present and to, there are no guarantees and it could be over, you know, actually just this weekend, my family and I, we were traveling to Wisconsin where I grew up just the next state over, but four hours away, we were two hours into the trip. It was late at night on the freeway going about 75 and a, a big buck deer, um, stepped right in front of the truck and airbags deployed, wrecked my truck. And, uh, thankfully we were all okay. Uh, thankfully I was in the truck because I think uh, my wife's vehicle could have been much different uh, scenario. Um, but again, it was just this reminder of holy cows, like my life could have very easily changed that instant I mean, we were just driving down the road, just like, you know, life was good. And then just like that, boom. So, yeah. It's a great lesson. It's, yeah. It's,
0: a, it's, a, it's, it's a lesson to kind of, I suppose, underline our conversation a little bit today here. Because as I said, one of the reasons why Scale Up Your Business has had a loyal, loyal following, if you like, is because it's not just about business. <laughs> business yeah. is, is a thing we do. It might be an important part of our life, our livelihood, but it's about enjoying your life. Right. That's the important thing. And, and so that's about being present, but it's also about, and I know you've talked about this on, on your TEDx talk, but it's also about who you are. It's about your identity. And and as I said, at the very beginning of our conversation, it's how you show up. So if I can summarize our conversation today, you know, and I suppose the question I'd put to listeners is how are you showing up? You know, what is your identity? And are you living uh, the standards that uh, underpin who you are to your character? Because if you're not, you know, you can change it. And if you change it, you're ultimately probably going to be more happier. But importantly, you're probably going to be more successful as well. So it does work in those ways. Yeah,
1: that, it's, that is a powerful question to ask. I would, you know, the only thing I would add is just like, don't beat yourself up wherever you're at. Like if you're not happy with where you're at, it's not intended to, to make you feel guilty and to, to pour a bunch of shame on you. Just you know, You, get a, you have an opportunity to make a, a different decision today, right now, and do something a little bit different to change it, right?
0: Absolutely. Well, listen, Nate, thank you for your time today. It's been awesome. Where can uh, people reach out? And um, obviously we've mentioned the podcast, where, where else can people find you?
1: Yeah. uh, The easiest place to go would just, just go to my website, natebailey.org and uh, my website, everything that I'm up to, you can, you can connect with me on social media. You can, you know, shoot me an email uh, all right there, natebailey.org.
0: And you're not on Strava or anything crazy like that, are you, where people can follow your... Um, I am, I'm on Strava. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So That's the other thing. A lot of people like to follow me on Strava for some bizarre reason. <laughs> yeah. um, probably yeah. to prove that I go out there and do crazy things now and then. Yeah, um, Strava is like the,
1: you know, I call it like the, the Facebook... Uh, I love it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. I've um, I've, uh, I, I do everything on Strava these days. I yeah. even measure my performance on there. It's great. Well, listen, Nate. Awesome. Thanks for coming on Scale Up Your Business. I said I've enjoyed this conversation. I thought it was going to be fun before we met, and it has certainly delivered. So I certainly appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thank you.